This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you the day after Arsenal's 1-1 draw with Brentford in which Arsenal were robbed. <laughs> if I don't smile, I'll cry. Um, good morning, uh, everybody joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, yes, uh, I say robbed. I do want to kind of start off this show with a, with a caveat. Uh, the caveat is... I don't want this to come across like I think that this is I'm excusing what was overall a poor performance, which we're going to talk about. Um, and I don't think Arsenal deserved to win the game. So I just want to underline everything I'm going to say with that, just to kick things off, just so there's not the you can't say this because we didn't deserve to win anyway. It was a bad performance, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I've said that. So that's out there. You know, uh, I don't think we deserve to win the game, etc. 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 But, and it's the buts that we're going to talk about in today's show. Um, let's 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 do that then. And good morning, of course, everybody joining us uh, in the chat box. Did I oversleep? Ironically, Arasilki, uh, no, I didn't oversleep. I actually woke up ridiculously early and set up the show at half six this morning and also wrote uh, a little article as well for FL uh, and made some changes too. So yes, um, but good morning to people joining us in the chat box. Matt G, Penny Ween, uh, Javier, I saw in there as well. Uh, Yomi, uh, Olu, Steve. Carlton, um, we've got Mike in Perth, Carl, uh, we've got Stephen, Red Star, Rich, Patrick, Louie, uh, plenty more of you guys joining us in the chat box as well. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. So yes, Arsenal drew 1-1 yesterday with Brentford. I tried so hard to get people to focus on this game instead of thinking too much about Manchester City and it was almost like the players were thinking uh, too much, unfortunately, about the game against Manchester City. The performance wasn't good enough, you know, from a the perspective of uh, a team that needed to respond uh, from the game against Everton, there wasn't, there was not the same level of response that I wanted to see. Um, what I will say is that Brentford played very, very well. Once again, we come up against the side like we did against Everton, where the opposition were very, very good. Um, 
But we need to be better and we need to do better. And we weren't good enough in this game to pick up the points. However, however, we win games when we don't play well. We have won games this season without playing well. It's part of football. And sometimes you need a little bit of luck to go your way. And sometimes you need the right decisions to be made. Now, in yesterday's game, if you're unaware of the situation, let me enlighten you. Tony's goal was offside. Norgard is in an offside position when Pinnock heads the ball to him before he then crosses for Tony. He was offside. And Lee Mason, who was in charge of the VAR, forgot to put the lines in place to check whether or not Norgard was offside. Now, there is an argument that also the thing, the thing that took three minutes to check was the, I think, Pinnock on Gabriel to check whether or not Gabriel was indeed prevented from uh, getting to Tony. Uh, Pinnock was in an offside position when the free kick was put into the box and Gabriel was impeded by Pinnock, who was unable to get to Gabriel. Oh, uh, <laughs> Gabriel was also... Uh, I saw rather Pinnock was also in an offside position when the free kick came in. There's actually two offsides that weren't given in this moment. Um, and it's just unacceptable. And it's worth mentioning, I think I'm right in saying this, but I'm pretty sure, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but Lee Mason, who made or didn't make this decision, is the same referee that also made the mistake in the game against Manchester United, where they ruled out Martin Odegaard's, uh, well, they ruled out Gabriel Martinelli's goal for the Martin Odegaard foul on Christian Eric. I say foul, foul in quotation marks. Apparently, it was him as well that was in charge of the VAR in that game. Uh, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that. Now, this wasn't the only ridiculous VAR incident of yesterday, and I'm going to move away from Arsenal ever so slightly, ever so quickly. Yesterday, we saw VAR miss a massive handball situation in the West Ham-Chelsea game. <laughs> I hate Chelsea. Don't get me wrong. Can't stand them. Really, really, really dislike Chelsea. However, I'm much more, I care much more about the idea that the, the game that we all love so much is played properly and efficiently and is done correctly. And Chelsea were denied a clear penalty against West Ham United. Not only that, in the Brighton Crystal Palace game, they drew the lines for the offside to rule out Estupanan's goal on the wrong player. They put the lines on James Tonkins instead of Mark Gaye, who was playing a Stupinan offside. Well, I say that we won't ever know if he was actually playing a Stupinan off onside. They drew the lines on the wrong player. This is the, the highest level of this sport. This is the highest level that we will ever see football played at in a domestic club sense. And the officiating is disgraceful. It's disgracefully poor. It's so, so indicative of a background that just does not do enough work to improve the accountability of refereeing decisions. Because in and a lot of people have pointed this out already, so I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, pioneering this view. But in any other walk of life, any other job, if the number of mistakes that are made in these scenarios were made in other professions, you don't stay in the position that you are in. You get given worse jobs, you get demoted, you get suspended, you get moved on. That doesn't happen here. Referees have zero accountability. Zero. There is nothing. There's no league table. There's no promotion and relegation. There's no greater opportunities given to referees further down the table. It is a horrific system that breeds mistakes that we have seen across plenty of yesterday's game. They are 
unaccountable, always. They don't have to answer questions. They aren't mic'd up. They don't have to explain decisions. They make consistent mistakes without any kind of any kind of punishment. And it just breeds a, a kind of a, a nothing to lose for them situation, but everything to lose for the fans of the teams that they invest. And we invest a hell of a lot of money into football to watch it, a hell of a lot of time in our lives to watch it. And they need to get these decisions right because it makes a laughing stock of the game and of this league. And I'm not saying that there aren't mistakes made in other countries. There are. But the technology is also there. that We've had and seen the semi-automatic offsides used in the World Cup, used in the Champions League. It's there. Why not use it? Why not accelerate it? Why not bring it into the competition sooner? Because clearly, the humans involved in this cannot get the decisions right without the help of AI, basically. Um Anyway, uh, I could go on forever, and I imagine I probably will do in part two with your questions about this. But let's move on and talk about the actual football. Um, Trossard made his claim, I think, to start against Manchester City. Once again, I thought Gabriel Martinelli was just not quite at the level uh, again, especially when Trossard comes off the bench and scores. I will caveat it, with, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, that Gabriel Jesus' absence has had a profound effect on Gabriel Martinelli. I think that is a big, big part of the reason why we've maybe not seen Martinelli at his absolute best. I think Jesus's influence in, in Martinelli's game is, is there. But Trossard, I think, has to be in with a uh, in with a chance, in with a, an ask of Mikel Arteta to start the game against Man City. Also, when I was at Man City the other week, for when we lost 1-0 in the FA Cup, Trossard was our best player. In the first half, obviously, Trossard was our best player. He was skillful, he was direct, he was tricky, he was a nightmare for those Manchester City defenders. And I would start Leandro Trossard in that game over Gabriel Martinelli. I think it's the right choice. You can always bring Martinelli on later, but I think he's earned that point, that part, to start that game. And I would start him in that game. We could do with the experience in that match. So, yes, um, I think that Trossard should start against Manchester City. Um, as I say, it's a game where I think we really missed Jesus. And I think we missed him also against uh, Everton. Nketiah, I think, has done very well in the absence of Jesus. If you think about it, we have maintained our position at the top of the table. We've maintained a good run of form up until the last two games. And Nketiah has come in and done well. Scored goals against Manchester United, scored against Brighton, of course. You know, scored against, I want to say, scored against West Ham as well. Um, He's done well. He has helped us to maintain the position that we have at the top of the table. But it is in these games where we do really lack... Gabriel Jesus, the ability to create chances from nothing, the ability to create opportunities for more of his teammates, to be more collaborative. He is of that level that is just higher. And whilst I am so appreciative of what Eddie Nketiah has done in these past few weeks, there are these games where you're just like, man, yeah, we miss Jesus in these moments. And to be honest, I feel like Nketiah can have a good game against City. I feel it's going to be a very, very different game against City than we've had in the last couple of Premier League fixtures. And I think that Nketiah has got a great chance of, of still scoring and doing well and being decisive and influential in that game. But in these games where you need to be self-creative, you know, he doesn't have that same skill set that what Gabriel Jesus has. And I think obviously we lack that. Um, so, yeah, Jesus, I think, is is obviously imperative when we play against these low block sides. So, yes, that's that's what I, I'm hoping that we see uh, when he returns. Uh, fingers crossed that we do. Um, Mikel Arteta needs to be better with his proactive decision-making in terms of his substitutions. I 
really, really wish that we could be more proactive with the changes that we make in these moments. Mikel Arteta has done an amazing, amazing, amazing job. And anyone that says otherwise is mad at this point. Mad and ignorant of what the job that he has done is. However, that's not to say that he is not yet perfect because he isn't yet perfect and he can still improve in certain areas. And for me, Mikel Arteta's substitutions and in-game management is still an area of his game that I would like us to be better at. Why Kieran Tierney doesn't get onto the pitch, I don't know. Zinchenko didn't have the best of games yesterday. You know, probably one of his, his least effective performances in an Arsenal shirt. And he set the bar so high, Zinchenko, that when he has a slightly off game, it makes it... It makes it less, you know, it just doesn't seem as good. Even though he was decent, you know, in comparison to some of the other things that we've done and some of the other things that we've seen from Zinchenko, it just wasn't up there. And therefore, I would have loved to have seen Tierney come off the bench, overlapping Trossard, giving us opportunities down the wide areas, because what was going on centrally just wasn't working for us. And I, if, I, if I'm Tierney right now, I'm fuming. I'm absolutely fuming that in games that I know I can be impactful in, that we've been and seen Tierney impactful in, that I just I just don't get quite why on earth we didn't see um, him come into the game. It was really, really frustrating not to see him given that opportunity. It's also worth mentioning that when we played um, when we played Brentford earlier this season, Tierney was the starting left back in that game. Tierney starting at left back when we won 3-0, you know, and had a good game. So it's not as if, though, we haven't seen Tierney be effective against this Brentford side. Um, and we need to have more variation. That's the big word, I think, in this Arsenal team is we lack. We lack variation. We lack a plan B. Arteta wants to try and win games the same way. And you can't blame him necessarily because we've won so much this season because of the way that we've wanted to play, because of the way that Arteta wants us to play. But you have to be malleable. You have to have that ability to change. You have to have that ability to do something different. Now, the last point I want to talk about before I go to part two and, and your thoughts is that Ivan Tony gave William Saliba and the whole of the Arsenal defence a serious lesson in what it is coming up against a very good striker in this league. I'm not the biggest fan of Ivan Tony on a personal level, as I've discussed on the channel before, but there is no denying that his footballing quality is, is very, very good. Very good. And aerially, he was dominant. I don't think Saliba won a single aerial duel against him in the entire game. And that's an area of his Saliba's game that we've said before, he has to be worked on, has to be improved. Um, and I look at what happened in that game and it should be a lesson. The thing about Saliba, and I agree with Omar saying it's probably Saliba's worst performance of the season. Again, like Zinchenko, Saliba has set the bar so high for what we've come to expect from him that when he has a slightly lower level performance than what we've come to expect, it feels that much worse because he's produced so much better than that. You can't, he's a 21 year old centre back. It's not going to be perfect. He's not the finished article. There are going to be dips. And we have a young team overall, which is probably one of the big um, areas of why we've seen a situation where we're having a slight dip in form and we're struggling to kind of get ourselves out of it because we've got a young team that comes part and parcel. It's one of the reasons why we've gone and signed, I think, a couple of experienced heads in the January window to enable us to have better thinking, um, more composure, more experience. It's important to have that if you want to try and win a title. When it comes down to Saliba, though, obviously we want to see him improve. We need to be better when coming up against these types of strikers. We're going up against Erling Haaland on Wednesday. You know, 
arguably the best striker in his position in this style um, going forwards. And for me, we've already played really well against him when we went to City last time. I think we dealt with Haaland fairly well when we went up to City. And I have a good, strong belief that we can do that again on Wednesday. But Saliba has to be better. Saliba has to be better. Um, and, you know, need to take a, a real kind of, I think, a leaf out of Gabriel's book. When you talked about players that show physicality and show strength, Gabriel has been brilliant. Gabriel has done really, really, really well this season. And in the and since the World Cup has certainly overtaken, I think, Saliba now, officially, as kind of where we're at in the two in terms of the centre-back performances across the whole campaign. Gabriel has been absolutely excellent. And I think Saliba needs to take a note from that. Um, because you you can't not say that Gabriel provides that security that we we need at the back against strikers like Ivan Tony. We're going to go to part two now and your questions right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's go to questions and part two. Uh, Blagi says, uh, what is our game plan against teams that double up on our wingers? Ever since the Newcastle game, I feel many teams uh, have used this tactic. What would you do differently? I'd bring Tierney on, is the first part. I'd bring Tierney on to make sure that we've got that overlapping fullback giving us more support in those areas. It's it's in these games where I feel as though Xhaka and Zinchenko are probably too much of the same thing. Zinchenko does a lot of what Xhaka does in kind of a deeper area and can bring the ball forwards really well. But it's in these games where I would like to see Tierney given more of an opportunity. I think that's what is going to help us in these games. And as I said earlier in, in the show, Tierney started the game against Brentford when we went and won 3-0 away from home. You know, we've won these games with Tierney in the team. So, yes, I would start Tierney in these type. Well, not even starting, but I would bring him on. Zinchenko's been brilliant. He's been one of the most important signings we've ever made as a club. But we need variation. We need the ability to change. And I feel as though Tierney is not being given the opportunity to try and do that. Um, Amira says, what top team hasn't dropped uh, points intensity uh, in recent moments? Part of me knows that even past champions weren't perfect. The other part says that we should be capitalising on other teams dropping off. I think you're right. Um, obviously, different teams always go through spells where they aren't as good as sometimes uh, they can be throughout the rest of the campaign. And it's very natural that you can have a, a bad game. As I said before, I hoped that the Everton game was uh, 
kind of the worst game of our season. It still might be. It was worse than the Brentford game. We were better than we were against Everton. And maybe if it wasn't for a stupid refereeing decision, we would be coming away with three points and talking about this game very differently. But unfortunately, we're not. Um, but yeah, we know that we need to respond. And we've got a great chance to respond on Wednesday because we play our title rivals in Manchester City, a team that are not going to sit back are not going to absorb pressure, are not going to be a, a part of the bus side, and we're going to get more chances. There's going to be more space. We're going to be under more threat, and we've got more chance of losing, absolutely. But I think this is a game that is hopefully going to suit us a lot more than the games that we've played in the last couple of weeks. Um, Penny Wynn says, why is Eddie being blamed for Martinelli's poor form in certain sections? Why can't Martinelli still be good? It's a fair question, and the question should be, should Martinelli be better? And the answer is yes, he should be. I don't think Eddie's being blamed. I just don't. I just think that Jesus's absence has been a direct impact on Martinelli's uh, drop, um, because Eddie's a different style of forwards, and therefore maybe we should be looking to use a different winger with him instead. And Trossard has proven that he can play and be effectual with Eddie up top done it in this game I thought he was great against Man City in the FA Cup when he started that game with Eddie so yes maybe Trossard is the player that we should be looking to start on Wednesday I certainly think that he is so in answer to uh, I saw a question asking whether or not I'd start Trossard yeah Christopher Martin says would you drop Martinelli the answer is yes I would I would drop Martinelli and I would play Trossard in the game against Manchester City on Wednesday and I think that that is probably the better way to start that game um but uh, you're fair in asking the question, Piddy Ween, that yes, I don't think we should put the blame on Eddie. It's more of the blame on the system uh, and it's more of the blame on the selection and they need to change things better. Um, let's go to Gunnar Jake says, Tom, I think this is a loss for football, uh, not just the Arsenal game. Yes, I, I wrote that this morning. Uh, do you think they will rectify this decision by being more lenient to Arsenal in future games? No, I don't. And I, necessarily, it's not about wanting to see more lenience towards Arsenal. They just need to be correct. They just need to get the right decisions. And if they're not getting the right decisions, then what on earth are we doing? Or what's the point? But what's the point of playing if you've got people that are running the officiating of the games incorrectly? There's no point. We need to be better. And they need to be better, rather, not we. They need to be much, much better. Um, Jonas says, Tom, is it fair to say that our dip informers come at the worst possible time? Um, I think it's probably better that our dip inform comes when Man City have dropped points and that we've got points to drop if that makes sense we you never have points to drop but you know we've got this lead we've had we've built up this run and we had a we've still got a buffer you know we've played the same amount of games now as man city who do play again today of course and can close the gap further having played a game more but we've still got a six point gap and if you were to win that game on wednesday you then go up to what would effectively be if you then well say city lose today or we beat everton in our game in hand and we beat City, suddenly the gap's nine points. And you're very much more, you, you know, you're very comfortable again. Um, so I'd rather that we had a dip in form and we can afford to have a dip in form. But if we do lose that game against City, of course you would say, well, it's happened at the worst time because it's then affected a massive, massive game for us. But I think that game's going to be very different. You know, that classic line of, if we play like this against City, we'll lose. I'll be very honest and blunt. I think that's a load of BS. <laughs> Just because it's not the same game. Brentford aren't City and City aren't Brentford and the way in which we played yesterday, I think actually we would create plenty of chances against the Man City side. We might also concede, don't get me wrong, but I just think they're two very different games 
And so you can't necessarily say that if we play like that against that team, we'll lose. I just don't think it works. I don't think it fits. Um, so there you go. Uh, Vegas Gunners, thank you so much for the donation. Xhaka and Eddie have been liabilities recently. Uh, also, Balogun should have been recalled. Jesus can play off of the wings if need be. Calling Xhaka a liability, I think, is madness. Just putting that out there. Also, just three games ago, yeah, so that's this game against Brentford, the last game against Everton. The game before that, Eddie scored twice as we beat Manchester United at home. So let's not say the words liabilities recently. That's not true. And I, I really do struggle with the reactionary side of this fan base because it's horrible. It's, it's Genuinely, it's horrible. The reactionary side of the fan base is awful. I was doing the show after the... Um, after the game yesterday on the Arsenal way, and people were writing in the con- in the comments saying it's over. Uh, sorry, what? What do you mean it's over? We're six points clear at the top of the at the top of the Premier League table, and it's just this season is incredible. This season is unbelievable. No one predicted this. No one predicted that Arsenal would, other than Arsenal, ironically, other than Mohamed El Neni, other than Edu, other than Zinchenko. No one predicted this. Only the people inside the club predicted this. The people that said before the season started, we're going to try and win the title. The people in the club believed it. We didn't, as fans. And yet we have the 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 cheek you know, to sometimes sit here and criticise certain things when the only people that believed that Arsenal were winning the title this season, at the start of the season, were Arsenal, not us. So I think we need to take a bit of a leaf out of their book, have a bit more faith at times, and not be as reactionary and out of context as sometimes we can be. Um, Malesi says, same mistakes in the last three games, so predictable, no plan B or drastic change in the formations of Stella played this game, needed an overlapping defender like Tierney to cross the ball in. Wingers again were clipped. Yes, I agree. I think Arteta needs to be, um, again, as I've said already, more proactive in his changes and needs to have a better Plan B. I hope he's asked more about that. Uh, Omar says, people saying the wheels are coming off and the title is slipping away. Is it time to get worried? As I said, as I think I just answered that, Omar. Uh, every team has a dip. You can't have a perfect season. Um, I'd be tempted to know. I think Man City had a bit of a dip in their season. Um, I think they lost three or four games or something like that when they won the league with like 90 plus points. It happens. You drop points. It, it's it's just part and parcel. As soon as you start picking up a win, a win does great things. If we'd have won this game yesterday, it probably would have done great things for us. If we can win on Wednesday, I'm sure it will do great things for us. You've got to also remember that European football's coming back. Manchester City, I think, will have a Champions League game. Is it what, next week? Um, Manchester City fixtures, quick look. Um, they play Leipzig on the 22nd of February. It is interesting, isn't it, how the last 16 of the Champions League is in the same weeks as the last 32 of the Europa League. Uh, that's interesting. Um, but yes, they'll be playing RB Leipzig. Um, they play So they play Villa, they play us, they play Forest away from home, which is, as we know, not an easy game necessarily. Uh, they then go to RB Leipzig, they then play Bournemouth, which is an easier game, as we would say. They then have an FA Cup game against Bristol on the 28th, and then they have Newcastle. They've got a very hectic schedule. You know, so we've got to hope that that schedule affects them. But we've got to use the advantage of not being in the FA Cup. We've got to use the advantage of being in a second-tier European competition so we can rotate and keep players fresher to our advantage. There's a long, 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 long way to go. And it might not go well for us. It might go well for us. We're going to have to wait and see. That's part and parcel of football. Um, 
Let's go. Let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, Nick says, Jorginho uh, makes, may, doesn't make any sense if he's not playing in games against Brentford. So you would have started Jorginho against Brentford? That's weird. Um, I don't really get the comment, Nick, to be honest. Jorginho was a really interesting signing on the last day of the season. Of course, we had to get a midfielder. But there is absolutely no way on earth we could have ended the window without getting a midfielder. Ending the window without a midfielder would have been ludicrous. I find it mad to suggest that if that's what you didn't want to see happen, strange. But we had to get a midfielder in January. And Jorginho, on the last day after we tried and failed miserably to get Moises Caicedo, we should have ended that, you know, that pursuit far sooner. But getting in Jorginho, a player that, as we know, is ready to come in, have an impact this season, has been starting 15 of whatever games it was for Chelsea, um, was absolutely necessary. To argue that we were going to try and sign anyone who could start for us in midfield in January, I mean, I don't know who was out there, to be honest. I mean, if someone could happily go and tell me who starts for Arsenal that you could sign in January in midfield, be my guest. Be my guest. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really, don't really get that at all. Uh, and I certainly would have been, wouldn't have been rotating a player like Partey for a game of such importance as Brentford was. Because what happens? You rotate Partey against Brentford. Say we lose that game, right? Because whoever we're bringing in to replace Partey isn't Partey. Let's be real about that. You aren't bringing anyone in to replace Partey that's as good as Partey. The level is going to drop. The level is going to drop significantly. So why on earth would you risk that game against Brentford because we have City on Wednesday? Madness madness to do that and I said we should have gone strong I wouldn't change the team I picked the team that we picked yesterday and we should have won but we also should have changed things yesterday we should have changed the subs we should have changed what we did off the bench that had to change um yeah to suggest that we should have rotated Partey out in what was such a massive game yesterday I think's mad I think's mad um Vanaju says should Tony even be playing after being charged with uh 200 betting whatever it was if they have the evidence, then bring it to account. I don't even know what the latest situation is with Ivan Tony um, at the moment. Um, boom, 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 boom. So the latest information on this was uh, let me just reject all of these cookies. Um, Ivan Tony has been charged with a first. This is uh, an article from Sky Sports on the 22nd of December. Ivan Tony, Ivan Tony has been charged with alleged 30 further breaches of FA betting rules. Um, they have until when to respond as until Wednesday, the 4th of January. So he would have had to have responded by that time. I, don't, I haven't seen anything else um, about this. So I don't know what's happened. I don't know if it's been investigated. I don't know what's going on. Um, but that's just the article from um, Sky Sports. That's, that's That names the player. Uh, I don't know what's going on. So I can't comment. I can't make a comment on the situation. Um, Matthew says, Tom, how would you judge the team when it comes to attacking set pieces? For me, any corner we get, I have low expectation. It's, it's, this is kind of the last thing I really want to tackle. Last season, we didn't concede from a set piece until the last, what, two, three games of the season? Four games, maybe, against Leeds? And then this season, in the last three games, we've conceded in three of three from set pieces in Premier League fixtures. It's, I don't really know what's happened. To be honest, what I would say is that we shouldn't have considered the one against Brentford because, A, it was offside. The one against Man United was the weird Martinez one. And the one against Everton is just a good corner. And unfortunately, we didn't deal with it well enough. So 
We need to be stronger, maybe better, more physical. But uh, yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, that is it is what it is. Um, Vegas Gunner says the last three games is recent. Yeah, the last three Premier League games are Man United, Everton, and this. And against Man United in the last three games, he scored twice. <laughs> he scored twice. I don't know what your argument is. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. The last three games in the league, we've got United where he scored two goals. How can you call Eddie Nketiah a liability? When he scored two against Man United to give us the win, it makes no sense to me. None. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow, of course, with all the latest Arsenal news at 8 a.m. We'll also be live over on the Arsenal Lounge tomorrow evening as well. Enjoy your Sundays. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Maybe for Villa to do us a favour, Mr Unai Emery could really appreciate um, that uh, happening. Really, really would appreciate that happening if Man City can indeed drop further points. Uh, they're under pressure to obviously get those points. So we'll see what happens. Uh, drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Thank you for listening. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.